Welcome to the Later in Life Planning Show with Patrick Colley, brought to you by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Colley. Welcome to another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law, where our mission is to shield the middle class from the costs and challenges of getting older. You may have noticed that many of the conversations I'm having are about benefits that are available, resources that are available, planning tools, just all the the repertoire of ways that you can build a shield to protect yourself from challenges as you get older. And today's episode is going to focus on a special kind of planning for a special kind of people, those who have served our country. There are a number of benefits available for veterans who have served our country. They have earned those benefits, but I've spoken to people before who work with veterans and they swear that not a week goes by where they don't meet somebody who's been paying for something where a benefit would have covered it for them and their family, or they're just not aware of, of options that are out there for veterans. And so I wanted to bring in somebody who can really clue listeners in on what might be available, a real array of options that might be available for people who have served our country. Joining me today is Tom Corot, who is the director of the Dauphin County Office of Veterans Affairs. Tom, thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me today. Well, and it's a, it's a pleasure. I know uh, you are a, a proud veteran of the United States Navy, and that's after uh, being uh, born and raised in Harrisburg, Harrisburg High. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. All right. And, and you know, they say, join the Navy, see the world. Was that true in your case? Oh, definitely. <laughs> My first duty station was Guam. Okay. And not, I had no idea where Guam was. <laughs> My, you know, the word, the... Word Guam is bigger than the dot on the map. It is. That's a very good point. <laughs> it's uh, seven miles wide and 35 miles long, and it's a day ahead. Oh. It was incredible. To, you, you're, you're born and raised in Pennsylvania, and then the next day you wake up in Guam. It's, it was incredible. Did you see that coming as a kid in Harrisburg? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, so... You, you you served in the Navy, and uh, how did you eventually come to work on behalf of veterans here in South Central Pennsylvania for Dauphin County? Uh, I started um, working at the Lebanon VA Medical Center in the Romans Department in 2013, and then uh, just through you know the normal work, you know people that you meet, I uh, would help Colleen Washinger, who at the time was working in the Veterans Affairs Office, and she would call down to the VA for help, and I would always help her. And one day she called me on the phone and said, hey, Tom, I want to ask you something. She said, well, I'm leaving, and I think you'll do well here. And at first I was like, oh, no, this is a federal job, not leaving. You know, I didn't know any better. Hey, I got a federal job with the VA, job security, no worries. And when I she sent me all the paperwork, and I took it home and looked at it, and I said, well, you know what? This might be a great opportunity. You know, I'll be closer to home because, you know, not that I didn't mind the drive to Lebanon every day, but, you know, 20, well, 35 to 40 minutes instead of five minutes, yep. you know. Makes a difference. Makes a difference. And you're still on the front lines of helping veterans all the time. Exactly. And, and it's probably in a wider variety of ways, 
but that that tests you, that challenges you, and allows you to be a resource while staying sharp in your head on, gosh, what might be available for this person. Definitely, uh, you know, through the state, we get trained every year. We go to a conference. We, you know, every year we have to get certified, and we take tests on just about every subject available, and that's how we stay current. And I think there's going to be a number of important takeaways for listeners because, number one, if you're listening to this show and you are not yourself a veteran or a current service member or a surviving spouse, chances are really good in South Central PA that you know somebody who fits one of those categories. So this is really helpful information to know just or even where to find it. And one of the more important takeaways is that I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, that there is a Veterans Affairs office in every county. I mean, every county government has an office where you can go and get these resources. And these these are the people you're talking about getting trained and certified every year. Yes. Every county in Pennsylvania has a veterans director, a veterans service officer, and another uh, mirror of me in every county. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And and in my experience working with clients all, really all over Pennsylvania, not just South Central Pennsylvania, I have always had good experiences with the people who work in the veterans offices, probably because you don't go into that line of work unless you are truly committed to a particular type of uh, of person who is like you. I mean, you served, you, you see these other people, of course, there's a kinship, there's a bond, you want to help them. Oh, yeah. It, and, and it all started down in Lebanon. I, I remember a World War II vet that came and sat down at my desk. We enrolled him, and we must have talked for an hour. He was just telling me his stories on everything, and I, I was just, wow. And that was my first week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, it, you know, yeah, it, it just, if you, like me, I want to help veterans. I'm a veteran myself, so when I got out, I had no clue on anything. So I didn't know where to go. I didn't know who to to turn to until one day I went up. I didn't, well, I had an appointment, but it was up in Wilkes-Barre. I didn't know there was a VA closer to me (laughs) instead of driving two hours away. And then the woman up at Wilkes-Barre said, well, why aren't you being seen at Lebanon? Well, what's that? Oh, there's a VA medical center in Lebanon, you know, not far from you. Oh, then I transferred all my care there. Right. And from that point on, I've been been seen ever since. So when you're in the service, they're training you to do all kinds of things in the various roles you play, but they're not giving you the roadmap for what comes next. They're not doing a good enough job. Okay. When when I got out, I went through two weeks of demobilization. Well, okay. So I uh, was active duty. Then I went reserves. I got recalled for a year to Germany. So when I got out of Germany, those two weeks, I got demoed, and they just had us fill out some paperwork, and then, you know, that was basically it. Other branches, they give you, well, I mean, you do have a medical exam before you get out, but they don't tell you anything about benefits. If I or somebody could be there at that time when they demob or getting out to tell them, hey, this is what's available to you right now. This is what you can, you know, apply for right now. This is what you're eligible for right now. It would help so much more in getting the word out about benefits to veterans. Not only the new veterans that are going out, but even the old veterans. You know, like myself, I had no clue. I had to learn through through going through the process not knowing. Right. And it was, you know, like I said, I was driving two hours 
for a primary care appointment when I could have been driving 40 minutes. <laughs> right. And I've heard stories about how, you know, a veteran will have a, a, you know, his front step breaks and he has no idea that right, you know, a mile away, there is maybe a, a, a legion and they have those small games of chance. And part of the deal with that under state law is they have to set aside a certain amount of the the money that they get, that they raise that way for use for veterans. And they're looking for ways to go and help veterans. And so a couple calls and this guy who didn't know where to call for his broken step, he's got three or four guys on his, on his front, you know, lawn, putting together the new steps, fixing it, and he doesn't pay anything. And they're just happy to have had the opportunity to use some of the money they had to use and help a guy out. And, you know, I've, I, stories like this, I'm sure you have all the time, all day long all tell you stories. Yeah. And, and so maybe the one thing you probably, as, as we go through a number of benefits that are available, that maybe you wish you could be there and tell that person going through demobilization, um, one thing might be don't lose your DD-214 <laughs> because that's the key that unlocks the door to so many, so many of these benefits. If I could tell them, look, as soon as you get home, take your DD-214 to the pathology, to your courthouse, Get it in the county system. So if something happens to it where you have a fire or flood, you move and you misplace it, you can always get it. Now me, I was, I I did paperwork in the Navy, so I know the value of paperwork. Right. My DD-214 is everywhere. I have 20 copies sitting in a folder at home. I have it on thumb drives. I have it on my computer. I have it on my laptop. I have it everywhere because I know how valuable that little piece of paper is. And I noticed on your website, uh, the Dauphin County uh, Office of Veterans Affairs, that you make it really easy. In fact, there's no fee to record it with the prothonotary. They'll they'll do it, you know, they'll just get it on file. Well, you have to take it over to the register, I'm sorry, to the recorder of deeds. Oh, recorder of deeds. I got yeah. the office wrong. Okay. Yeah. Take it to the recorder of deeds. They'll put it in the system. They'll even take your picture and give you a Dolphin County Veterans ID card. Okay. And then there's businesses throughout the county that will give you a discount with that card. But you have to get that DD-214 in there. Yep. At all my events, like Veterans Breakfast, I have the that office there. So the veterans, when they come, can bring in their DD-214, and it gets in the system right there. My guest today is Tom Corot, the director of the Dolphin County Office of Veterans Affairs, We'll be back for more on veterans' benefits in a moment. You are listening to the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Now, more of the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I'm Patrick Cauley. I'm your host. And today I'm joined by Tom Carreau, who is the director of the Dauphin County. Office of Veterans Affairs. We're talking about benefits available for veterans. And Tom, before the break, you were talking about how how important it is, that key that unlocks so many doors, to have your DD-214, your, your record of discharge, uh, ready to be produced, if not on file with the county, because that's going to be necessary for so many benefits. And along that line, I understand you and your office go even a step further where let's just have a whole legacy package. So the DD-214 is crucial, but it's not the only crucial document that's going to be necessary if someone becomes incapacitated, if they need care, if they pass away. T- 
Tell me more about this legacy package. So the legacy package, it's a booklet. It has all the information in that booklet that somebody would need in case a veteran passes. It will have, like the veteran will fill it out beforehand, you know, to where here, here are my bank accounts, here are my passwords, here's my, my uh, will, here's my DD-214, here's my deed, here's my birth certificate, here's my pre-authorization uh, letter to be buried at Fort Indian Town Gap. And it just lists all that stuff to where they can find all this information because, you know, when, when somebody passes, you know, there's always the question, well, what were, did, who did they bank with? Right. Or did they have a safety deposit box? Or where any other banks do they have? Oh, were they at PNC? Were they at Members First? Where were they? Well, nobody knows. Right. I have on this very show talked about this concept before. Uh, there are books you can get on Amazon that, that do roughly the same thing. They prompt you to think of things that eventually you'd probably think of. But they it's really about taking action and doing that because what you're doing is not just if you pass away, although that certainly could be a messy situation for your loved ones. It's, it's, uh, if you're incapacitated by an accident or an illness, somebody has to have a roadmap to your life. They're not just going to know what, where your bank was or what bills need to be paid or any of that stuff. And just having that all laid out in one place, I think you're doing a huge favor for veterans by, prompting them to do that. And I think if, if you need any helpful words of wisdom, just tell them, I think it's a gift you're giving to the people most important to you because they're going to step up and be your safety net, but, you know, make life easier for them. Give them that roadmap and, and just everything goes more smoothly. Oh, it's so true. I have one myself and everything is in there. And when I talk about this with, with all the vets that I come in contact with and say, Hey, listen, you know, I want you to look at this. I want you to fill this out. I want you to keep it somewhere safe because it's going to be needed. Might not be now, might not be next week, but down the road, you it's going to be needed. And if the people that are going to be handling everything don't know, it just makes it worse. Yeah. How do you want to be remembered? Put it that way, because people sometimes respond to the idea of the legacy. I mean, if people say, gosh, he was he did such a good job laying everything out. He made it so easy. Or they might, you know, grumble and <laughs> and say some not so nice things about you if, if they're looking all over the place and it's stressful and so forth. But once people have their DD-214, they have all of those important records of the roadmap to their life, that then makes it a lot easier to do everything else we're going to talk about, which is some of the benefits available through the VA, through the state, maybe local resources. And I thought one place we could start is, I, I think a common question is, what medical care are veterans uh, eligible to receive? And I think the answer is maybe more complicated than uh, than a lot of people would suspect. But uh, kick, kick us off here. I mean, when it comes to, for example, health care at a VA medical center, who gets that? So... To, to be eligible for VA health care, there are a lot of things that will make you make you eligible. The, the, one, the one thing, your income. So like myself, I didn't have nothing special. Like if I was a Vietnam vet and I was boots on ground and I had the Vietnam Service Medal, Vietnam Campaign Medal, I get free health care. That veteran gets free health care. Right. Or exposure to 
Agent Orange, is that another one so, of them? So, yes. So, Agent Orange is the chemical, but there are other presumptive diseases related to Agent Orange exposure that if you get a service-connected disability, you could be seen for. Okay. But I'm just talking about the veterans that, hey, I was in Vietnam. I was on boots on ground. I have the Vietnam service medal. I have the Vietnam campaign medal. Well, you're eligible for free health care. Now, the ones that don't have those special little things, it boils down to your income. Okay. Uh, and then the, the, the best thing I, I tell the veterans, because I, I don't remember what the income levels are, just call my office. We can call down to the VA. We can get a, a representative from the enrollment department, which I used to work in, so I know everybody there, on the phone, and we can go over everything there, fill out the application, fax it down to them along with your DD-214, and we can get you enrolled in VA healthcare. Right. And going back to, so so that's it's a means test. It's how much income do you have for most people. But if you were boots on the ground in Vietnam, that opens up doors regardless of your income. But I wanted to touch a little bit more on that uh, service-connected disability for people in Vietnam who were exposed to Agent Orange. It's not like you have to prove you you i mean i guess that's one way to go about it is prove that that you you know the trees were dripping orange as was the case for an uncle of mine but if you have um diabetes if you have prostate cancer which i just heard a doctor recently say we're all all men are going to have prostate cancer it's just whether it ever causes you problems so if you say i have prostate cancer they're going to assume that it was Agent Orange if you were in Vietnam. Right, the presumptive. So yeah. diabetes type 2, peripheral neuropathy, systemic heart disease, uh, prostate cancer. Hodgkin's uh, disease. Hodgkin's disease, Parkinsonism, Parkinson's. They're all presumptives. So if you have a diagnosis of those and you were in Vietnam, boots on ground, please call my office. We can get you some benefits. Right. I mean... I tell when I'm at, out anywhere, if I see a Vietnam vet with a hat on, I walk up to walk up to him. I say, "Welcome home," and then I shake his hand and ask him, hey, "Are you enrolled in VA healthcare?" And when he goes, "No," I say, "Why not?" Because you get free healthcare. Were you boots on ground? Yeah. Do you have the Vietnam Service Medal, Vietnam Campaign Medal? Yeah. Well, you get free healthcare. What are you waiting on? And they just stop and like, "Oh, well, I didn't know." Well, now you know. Here, now call you know. my office. We'll get you set up. That's great. That's great. It, it, so, okay. And then, is there, as I understand it, there are similar presumptive factors for Gulf War era as well. Uh, some of the, uh, not the same list. It's not the same illness. It, it sounds to me like almost like it's non-specified, unexplainable type medical conditions. So for uh, burn pits and, you know, stuff like that, which is the new PACT Act thing that just expired, a lot of breathing uh, like rhinitis, sinitis are two big ones. Asthma after service, um, I saw lung like cancer, fatigue, muscle pains. Yeah, that, there's no. like twenty presumptives, and then I think they just added twenty more with the new PACT Act. Okay, for uh, burn pit exposure in that. Yes, right. And so again, that's there. There will be a presumption that you were exposed to something and and you might be entitled to benefits there. So again, exactly. call, call your county veterans office and look into that. Sort of to, to switch gears from the medical treatment um, at the end of life, let's talk about burial because there's a number of benefits there. Okay, so every veteran that has a honorable discharge is eligible, eligible to be buried 
at Indian Town Gap. And that all that's free. The only thing that would have to be paid for is the funeral service if you do it at like a funeral home. But you can have a service at the at Indian Town Gap and it's and there's no cost. And at that, you know, you'll get the burial flag, uh the there'll be a color guard there, we'll do a twenty one gun salute. Uh you can have uh somebody come and speak. Um it's 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 a nice little ceremony to honor that veteran there at, at the gap. I, that's where I buried my father. And we, we did that. You know, we had a service at the gap. Everybody got there. They took us down to like a little chapel. We had, a, you know, if anybody wanted to speak, they had a little service, 21 gun salute. The flag was already there. And then they took his, his cremains to his final resting place. Yeah. I've, I've been to, to, uh, Funerals both at the Gap and in Arlington, and it's just breathtaking. Um, it's very moving, the whole uh-huh. thing, and and to know that that's that's all done for that that one person who served, and that's how much it meant uh, to our country. I, I just think that that's fantastic. And there's headstones and and markers. So if you're not buried at the Gap, um, uh, there there's some other things, and we'll come into that when we when we come back from a break. If if you're listening to this and you think. This is a whole world of benefits I didn't know about. I mean, the same is true uh, whether it's Medicaid for skilled nursing care. There's some veterans benefits for lower levels of care that that a lot of people who did not serve would love to have. I go into a lot of that with my weekly online workshops. Go to KeystoneElderLaw.com. Use the workshops tab to get signed up for an estate planning or a long-term care workshop and learn all about it. This is great education, great stuff. Uh, spread the word. We'll be back with for more with Tom Carrow in a moment on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Welcome back to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Here's Patrick Colley. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I'm Patrick Colley. My guest today is Tom Carrow, the director of the Office of Veterans Affairs for Dauphin County, speaking about uh, benefits available to veterans. And, and this is this is all over Pennsylvania. This is, in some cases, all over the United States. Uh, but check with your county veterans office to see if any of this sounds familiar, what you might be entitled to. Uh, Tom, right before the break, we were talking, we had moved on from medical health care to some some benefits available for burial, of course, at the national cemeteries, such as Indian Town Gap. We are very fortunate to have that so close to us here in central yes. Pennsylvania. Uh, just just beautiful. Um, but let's say somebody wants to to get buried somewhere else uh, other than a national cemetery. Uh, my understanding is that the VA will provide a headstone or marker, any something. of How does that work? Yes, the VA will supply free headstone for every veteran that's buried outside of the National Cemetery. It's just the form would need to be filled out by the uh, dependents, signature from the uh, cemetery, then it gets sent to the cemetery administration, and then once they make the headstone or marker, it gets shipped right to the cemetery, and then the cemetery will place it. And and I guess not to skip over an important point, but uh, when we're talking about those national cemeteries, uh, the the spouse of the deceased veteran is also eligible. Am I right about that? Yes, the the veteran and the the spouse can be buried at the national cemetery. Okay, and I guess along the same line as 
uh, the burial, the headstone, the marker, uh, the national cemeteries. There, I, I, I was reading there are occasionally, uh, I guess, a presidential memorial certificate for honorably discharged uh, vets. Again, you need that DD-214. Um, burial flags. So is that even if you're not in a national cemetery, they'll they'll provide the, the flag to be draped over the casket? Yes. the uh, That would be arranged through the funeral home. So what the funeral home would do would uh, take your DD-214, and there's a form that would have to be filled out to uh, the post office, and they would get the flag from the United States Post Office. Oh, okay. I bet you fill out a lot of forms. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. But, but it, yeah, there's a form for everything. Um, I guess moving on a bit, because I, we were just bringing up the, uh, the spouse, um, there's, a, there's a pension benefit for... Uh, not, not to be confused with if you have a service-connected disability, you might be rece- receiving compensation. There's a whole process. I mean, it's it's complicated, but how you go about getting your disability rated um, and, and in terms of its impact on, on your life, your ability to work, and so forth, um, and that can be changed over time. It can be revisited, but there's, but there's a pension benefit as well, and I, a question I get all the time is, What's available for the surviving spouse? So the surviving spouse, there are actually two. So if the veteran died due to a service-connected disability, that's DIC. If he did not have a service-connected disability in past, they could apply for a survivor pension. It's done on the same form, but it's basically two different things. So, yeah, the spouse would, we'd have to fill out all the required documents to get the uh, survivor pension, uh, along with aid and attendance. Uh, that's another financial uh, part of the pension, the, the survivor pension, along with the facility that they're in. If they are in a facility, they could get more financial help for that. Right. Now you're getting into uh, what's near and dear to our hearts at Keystone Elder Law. So when you need a higher level of care, um, it, you know, there's not too many ways to pay for your assisted living, your personal care, your skilled nursing. And and if you can't just get out your checkbook and write a check for thousands of dollars every single month, it sure would be nice to have either long-term care insurance or Medicaid at the highest level or veterans benefits. And that aid, that it's called housebound and then it's called aid in attendance. But the aid in, you know, and it's, it's adjusted based on your net worth and your income, but uh, there are ways to get within those ranges, which might include a specialized kind of trust planning where you put some money aside. You, you, now there's a three-year look back. If you transfer money, you have to go three years and have the resources to pay for care. But you know, if you, if you give some money to a trust or outright to your family to protect it, you go three years, now that aid in attendance can kick in. That's probably beyond the scope of, of what we can do here, but I do go into that with the workshops that I do online. Uh, just an amazing benefit for for people who do not have endless cash, don't have long-term care insurance. I mean, it's, it's tragic, but people who have not served and are in this role sometimes have to put their thumb on the side of the scale of having Medicaid pay for skilled nursing care when they really just want to stay in their home. Well, mm-hmm aid in attendance or housebound, any any aspect of this pension benefit that wartime veterans have, that'll keep you independent longer. That'll keep you in your home. That'll keep you in a more comfortable environment. Definitely. Definitely. The the aid in attendance is the really big big thing because 
a lot of veterans, like you said, I don't want to go to nursing home. I want to stay at home. And if I can have somebody come to the house, either through the VA, through their home health program, or me getting that aid and attendant and paying someone, and I can stay at home, yeah, I want to do it. Yeah. And, and all the time I've been doing this, uh, this elder law practice, I have yet to meet the person who's excited to go to the nursing home. So everybody <laughs> wants to stay at home, maintain your independence. And it's just when it's safe, when it's only safe to have a higher level of care, have professionals around you, then it becomes a financial worry. But with aid in attendance as as something that wartime veterans have have earned, and I guess I should should put an emphasis on that, you had to have yes. been active duty for at least 90 days. At least one of those days had to be in a wartime period as declared by Congress. And so there's a Vietnam, well, we probably still have plenty of, uh, not plenty, but we have Korea conflict uh, vets. We have Vietnam era vets, and those are specified dates. Um, And then we have Gulf War era, which really Mm -hmm. doesn't have a closing date yet. It was, you know, early 1990 to who knows when. Yeah, they haven't, there hasn't been an official closing date. Right. But yeah, it, it's it's definitely wartime service, right? Yeah, it and just, it doesn't matter where you serve. I mean, you could be, you know, in, in in the continental United States serving, but but you didn't have to be in combat or anything. But no. that that wartime service is is uh, is key. a key. Yeah. Is the key? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I feel so bad when I get you know the veterans where they're right in that peacetime. I mean, there's like a little window, right? That's just peacetime. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of veterans fall in there and it's like, you know, it's like, oh, man, I hate to say I hate to say no, but, you know, I got to go by this. And it it just pains me every time. Well, and this is just something that we try to navigate ahead. We always ask as part of our intake of information for a new client, you know, did you have military service? Um, If if, do you have a deceased spouse who served and what were the years and show us the DD-214. So we want to see that, too, because we want to figure out, is that another way to build a shield uh, just by having a resource available to pay for care that might be necessary? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And there's, you know, I guess riffing on this a little bit, I don't know that your office gets involved, but there still is a GI Bill. There's a Vietnam era GI Bill. There's a post 9-11 GI Bill. And, you know, I'm sure there's a number people can call to to look into educational or vocational uh, training, anything of that nature. Yep. Just uh, give my office a call. We have some resources that we can send you to. Uh, that's And that's definitely what we do. Okay. And, and I guess before I move on to some state-level resources, um, the VA provides a, sort of a guarantee for service members, veterans, reservists, uh, the surviving spouses who might be purchasing a home. They'll guarantee part of the loan, but you know your office isn't going to get involved in that. There's going to be a real estate agent. There's going to be a lender, and then this just comes in to, I guess, give the lender some, some comfort that they're not going to be totally out the money if the person stops paying the mortgage. Exactly. So the uh, home buying program, we would give them a certificate of eligibility or tell them where to get it. They would fill it out, send it in. That gets approved, and they would need to go to a real, uh, real estate agent. Then the real estate agent would get them with the lender. Yeah, I mean, assuming you have a good credit score and your income is decent, that's a big help. You know, that oh, ought, to, ought to give some comfort to lenders out there if you're in the in the market for a mortgage. So that's that's a good deal. So some of, I mean, there's just, I'm trying to almost prioritize as I go through a lot of the the, the benefits that, that I'm sure you guide people through all the time. But when we get to the state level, probably one that, that catches the interest of a lot of people is the real estate tax 
exemption because everybody in this state thinks, let's do away with this real estate, especially retired people who are living on a fixed budget. Nobody wants to have to pay real estate taxes. And for some veterans, there is an exemption for that. Uh, yes, the uh, real estate tax exemption program, that is the biggest program that's out there for the veterans that have 100% service-connected disability. And let me tell you, I can't tell you how many times I have come across a veteran who's 100%. And the first thing, first question I always ask him, well, do you have the real estate tax exemption? What's that? <laughs> okay, here's my card. Call my office. We have some paperwork to fill out. Yes, there's the income guidelines. You have to be under $108,046. A lot of us are. Yeah, well, a lot of them are. And then, you know, we put in the exemption. It's good for five years. And then it renews every five years. More on that in a moment. Now that we've really gotten people's attention about real estate taxes, maybe we've gotten some blood boiling. We'll be back for more with Tom Corot from the Dauphin County Office of Veterans Affairs in a moment on the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. It's the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. Now your host, Patrick Colley. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I'm Patrick Colley. I'm your host and my guest today is Tom Corot, the director of the Office of Veterans Affairs for Dauphin County. And Tom, we've talked about an awful lot. We've talked about uh, everything from uh, medical care provided by the VA to burial and what is what is covered for funerals and burials by the VA. We've talked a little bit about, um, although it's maybe not what you get directly involved with, but there are educational and training resources. The, the VA provides home loan guarantees for service members, veterans, reservists, and, and unmarried uh, surviving spouses. There's We sort of touched on, but Boy, I could talk a whole lot more about housebound and aid in attendance, but that's kind of a complicated subject. It gets into net worth and income, and mm-hmm. and it gets into ways you can plan ahead to to preserve assets and and uh, some assets, and 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 then have help with paying for assisted living or home care. Um, but I want to. I, I don't want to spend too much time. I just, my my goal here is to provide a glimpse into the broad array of of veterans benefits and we were talking right before the break about the real estate tax exemption if you have a 100% service connected disability rating and if you meet uh the the financial need i mean so there is there is a determination of need um but some other issues on the state level. Uh, there's things like, you know, the, the the disabled veteran who has a special license plate and parking placards. What what generally do people need to know about that? So the they would need to know that there's a form that PennDOT needs to have filled out and then authenticated by by my office. So they would get the form from PennDOT, bring it to my office, so we would call down to the RO so we can verify they're 100% service-connected disability. I can sign off on it, take it back down the pen dot. They give them the plate. Okay. And another thing that I think is helpful for people to know, uh, I mentioned before the the various GI bills, and I, I think there's something like a, a rule that you're supposed to use that within 12 years after you, am I getting the, the rule right? 12 years after you, you separate from your service. But there are other types of employment uh, representatives in Pennsylvania. So we have these career link job centers around the state. 
uh, and there are veterans employment representatives who can help veterans there. Mm -hmm. The big one is USA Jobs. Okay. If they go online to USA Jobs, that is veterans only. And you set up a profile, load your resume on the USA Jobs, and then just go and search. Because that's how I found my job at the VA. Because I was, you know, working security at the mall and lifeguarding, and somebody said, Tom, you you did admin. Why not work at the VA? I said, well, I said, how do I do that? Go on USA Jobs. I typed in admin. I looked at the skills, all the skills that I did in Navy right there. And that's how I got the job at the VA. Right. And even in, in state agency employment, I know that there are definitely preferences. Veterans given, preference. Given, yeah. yeah. So so if there's a, a long list of candidates, they're, they're definitely going to get a preference to jump up and probably yes. get an interview. Yes, for sure. Right. Um, so sort of along the lines, going back to the, the vehicle registration and all of that, uh, there's also some transportation provided. So I'm thinking if you are, if you have this service connected disability and you need healthcare, what if you can't get there? So the Lebanon VA has, uh, they just started a transportation system. Now the County, along with uh, capital area transit, we also have a transportation system also. So that leaves every Monday, Wednesday, Friday from the Burger King over on Paxton Street. You have to make the appointment the day before. You have to be there at 730 for pickup, and then they bring you back to that location at 1 o'clock. So if your appointment's Monday, you have to call Friday to have that scheduled. So the day before your appointment. Because it only runs now, remember, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So your appointment has to be on one of those three days. Okay. So it takes, you know, there's these benefits available, but it does take the responsibility of the veteran to, you know, line things up. And coming back full circle to the beginning of this conversation, we talked about the importance of the DD-214, the record of your discharge. What if the person, you know, so so for the burial benefits, for the health care benefits, for the transportation to their health care what if they don't have it in hand? If they don't have it in hand, call my office. We can check to see if it's in the county system. If it's in the Dolphin County system, I can find out. I can have you or somebody come and pick it up. I just need to see some ID, and I'll give you your DD-214 right there. Okay. So we, we've touched on so many different areas. Um, it, it, there must not be a dull moment. I mean, every week— I would imagine you stay busy. There, are how many? Do you know how many veterans there are in Dauphin County? Eighteen thousand. Okay, and there's a comparable amount in Cumberland County. I would imagine in all the surrounding counties. Yes, yes. that's a lot of veterans. I, I and I think all eighteen call my office in. A week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was that. I'm glad you said that because my next question was going to be like, what about the ones who don't know about you? But but maybe there's one or two out there who don't know about your office, but. I mean, is there any sort of coordinated outreach, any any sort of public education? I mean, we're obviously trying to do that right here uh, with the show. But I mean, what what are some ways that are that that maybe even private industry can help to get the word out to to veterans? Give me a call. Call my office. Say, hey, can you come give a presentation? Like uh, the county, the county commissioners sponsor two veterans breakfast every year. One in the lower county, one in the upper county. We have one at the Swat Air Township Fire Hall. We had that in 
May or June, can't remember, but we have another one coming up in Halifax at the Halifax VFW 5750, October 10th. Open to all veterans, 8 to 10. Bring your D214. Just We do a lot of outreach and also do just a lot of what we're doing now. Yeah. You know, that's that's how we get the word out. Yeah, just just keep spreading the word and and um and I'm sure w- when you answer those questions, the word will travel. That I called this guy and and he was pretty helpful. So veterans talked to other veterans. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, just to hear or just you know, people will come up to me. Hey Tom, thank you very much. You know for helping me. You know, or hey, thank you very much for you know helping me with everything with my dad or you know something like this. And it's very rewarding. I mean. And I just tell him, I just tell him, hey, look, I'm just doing my job. My job is to help the veteran. I don't need a, a pat on the back. I don't need an attaboy. I just, you know, just knowing that you got the information you needed. I helped this veteran get what he needed. That's that's my goal. That's my job. Oh, sure. And especially when you're, you, you maybe if, you, if if it's you help my dad. I mean, if you're talking to the adult child of somebody, of of a parent, whose health is is declining. They need all the help that they can get. The the adult child is stretched thin, the the so-called sandwich generation. They got their own kids. They've Mm -hmm. taken care of parents. When someone like you comes in and cuts through a maze of bureaucratic language and all in what form, you just know the form off the top of your head and you 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 really make a dramatic improvement in that whole family's life. Oh, I was just at a a Viva uh, retirement home last week. Just uh, talking to uh, the spouse of a deceased veteran and navigating her through the the paperwork uh, problem. Oh yeah, and I'm I sure she told time. you there's no way I could have done this on my own. All the time, right? I hear it, 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 and it's it's a mountain of paperwork, and you know a lot of people don't like paperwork. Right. The first one I tell them, well, uh, do you have a piece of paper and a pen? Because there's some forms you can just hear the gasp. <laughs> Because, you know, the days of, you know, filling out paperwork are over from now, I shouldn't have to fill out any more paperwork. Right. But and that's the way the VA runs. Yeah. And if I can help you navigate through that, get through all that, that's that's my job. And, and that's how, you know, I'm a veteran. So if I can't take care of my own, who's going to take care of them? Right. And, you know, I, I will continue to do it till I can't. Fantastic. So this has been a discussion of veterans benefits and yes, there's paperwork and it's Tom, what you just said sounds an awful lot like when I meet with family members and they're not even sure what level of care might be appropriate for mom or dad. They just know that staying in the home isn't, uh, isn't going to work. And when you can provide that kind of guidance, levels of care, how are you going to pay for it? Boy, if you, you know, paperwork, when it comes to Medicaid planning, if the government's going to pony up thousands of dollars every month. Yes, there's paperwork. But when you have somebody who does this day in and day out, they can make life so much easier for you. And so just as I hope people call Keystone Elder Law, if if there's a loved one having declining health, I hope they call the Dauphin County Office of Veterans Affairs if they have a veteran in their family, if they can't find the DD-214, if they're just not sure if there's a benefit that could cover this or that you are are truly well informed and and I'm sure a compassionate guide as well. And I, I thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you very much. I mean, to get the word out is the most important thing. It is. I like I said, I run into veterans all the time that have no idea. Yep. And and it pains me because they're missing out on benefits that they have earned. 
you know, and it's, 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 well, one conversation at a time. We'll get the word out. Thank you to everybody who has listened. I hope you'll join us for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show next week, right here on News Radio WHP 580.